Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul Podcast, Episode 101, The Importance of Mental Health Conversations with News Personality, Crystal Lampett. Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul Podcast, a series of inspirational messages, stories, and testimonials to help you achieve your goals or just get started in creating a new positive direction in your life. I'm your host, Rich Bracken, and in each episode, I will share a new perspective through perseverance and self-awareness to help you live your best life personally and professionally. Let's get started. Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. I am overjoyed today because I have a very special guest with me today. And it's making me a little bit homesick because it's a it's a friend from Kansas City, which I miss my hometown. And so it's great to reconnect with somebody from Kansas City and have that vibe because there's such a great energy about Kansas City. And this person emulates that more than anybody that I've seen lately. And it just, I, I've become so addicted to her social media, to her news segments, to her message. And this is what's bringing Crystal to this, this conversation. So Crystal Lampett's here to talk with me. And we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, but I just first want to say happy holidays. Welcome to the podcast. And thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me on the show. This has been sort of my, my new mission lately is to bring the mental health conversation forward and to start talking about this. And what better time to do it than like going into 2020, right? Agreed. Especially around the holiday season, I think, because there are so many emotions floating around. There's also <laughs> that, that, the obligatory suppression that we sometimes go through. But I think now is the best time in the entire world to reflect on what we truly need from a well-being standpoint, from a mental awareness standpoint. And so I'm excited to have you here and we're going to chat about a whole bunch of stuff. But for those that don't know you and that that will be knowing you after this, give us a little bit of insight into, into your background um, and where you are today. Yeah. So I, gosh, I guess it's been kind of a crazy journey. I don't know how I ended up in front of the camera. I mean, I do and I don't, it's sort of a strange story, but I, I remember back in undergrad being like, I really want to study psychology. I was always fascinated by human behavior and for whatever reason at the time I decided, no, that's too heavy. I don't think I can handle other people's stuff. And so I actually went the film and media route and I majored in film and media and communication at KU Rock Chuck and, um, ended up having some opportunities in television. So I used to be, um, a shooter and an editor for a independent documentary filmmaker in Kansas city. And I always knew that I wanted to tell stories, especially with a female driven focus. And I always knew I wanted to be a part of that conversation, but I just wasn't sure how. And then next thing I knew when I was 19, a modeling contract kind of fell into my lap. Um, And so I had this opportunity to travel to Singapore. So I traveled for about three years all over Southeast Asia. Um, I finished my degree. I got that done. um, And then I traveled for a few years doing all sorts of on-camera and commercial stuff. So then suddenly I was thrown in front of the camera and it came naturally. So eventually I got... um, really tired and really broke (laughs) with all the traveling. (laughs) So I came back to Kansas city, lived in mom's basement for a while. And I tried out for, um, this TV station called 38, the spot in Kansas city. And, um, you know, it was a huge, long journey. A lot of people were there at the audition and I got the job and, um, 
eight years later, almost here I am. I'm now hosting the morning show for the sister station, which is of course, 41 action news. And I get to host Kansas city live and something happened. I think when I turned 30, I had a bit of a, maybe like quarter life mid to quarter life crisis, if you will. And I just thought I need to do something that really feeds my soul. And I revisited the psychology aspect and I found that KU has this amazing social work program right here um, in Overland Park, which is close to my home. And I thought, you know what, I need to just go for it. So I am now back in school. I still work full time at the station and I'm in the part-time program for social work, getting my master's degree in it with a clinical focus. And part of that program is actually an internship at a therapy office. So I now get to take clients. I get to talk to men, women, teens, kids about mental health. And I get to be here to support them through their own journeys. And because I have such a passion for it, I've started to kind of use the knowledge that I'm learning in school and in my internship Um, and I'm putting it on my show, Kansas city live. So I get to do these segments called mental health minute. Um, and it's all just finally sort of aligning for me. And my life is kind of just now starting to make sense. Like, Oh, (laughs) this is what I was supposed to be doing this whole time, but none of it would have happened had I not done all of the other stuff. So it's crazy to think about, you know, where, you know, media came in and then modeling came in and then being behind the scenes, now being in front of the scenes and now going back behind the scenes. It all kind of makes sense now and it's all very related. Uh, But now I'm just, I'm really feeling like I'm way more in alignment and I'm doing work that's really, really meaningful to me. So I'm just excited to get up in the morning and talk about it. And that's, first of all, thank you for sharing all that. And I think it's it's funny when we talk about our own stories because I think I feel like there are so many different lines of similarity with certain people, and and mm-hmm. there are also those things that you find in conversations. You're like, oh, so a couple of different things. One, I too almost went into psychology, and it wasn't so much that I didn't want to deal with other people's stuff. I just didn't want to read that much, and so that's <laughs> fair. Me, I was like, books, no, I feel that no right thing. now. <laughs> like marketing sounds like a great idea right now because yeah. there's not a whole lot of bookwork and not a whole lot of reading. Right. Um, so there was that part of a total stroke of irony. I was actually at that audition for 38, the spot. Stop. Swear. I Are you fl- serious? I'm dead serious. So I am, I am flattered <laughs> that I lost out on that opportunity to do because it obviously opened up the doors for what you needed to do. Oh my gosh. Right. So there's that. So one, I will wow. say congratulations wow. on an, on a, what an eight year delay. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's a little late, Rich, but a, little, a little late. The card must've gotten lost. I'm so sorry. Um, but the most important thing is that I love how this has come full circle for you. Yeah. I love that you started off with this passion for psychology, this passion to help people. And now through these other channels, you've now gotten to a point because the, the mental health minute is where I really started following you and really getting oh. into your content because I, I came across it one day and it just hit me. And I just, I couldn't, every time like another segment would pop up, I'd tune in and watch it or I'd, you know, Aww. on Instagram and watch it just because that kind of, that motivates me, that inspires me. And so yeah. it's wonderful to see that your natural talent and passion was brought full circle just in another format, right? Isn't so it's wild. It's crazy. But I it's, think the universe is always kind of, you're always going to end up where you're supposed to be. And the older I get, the more I've really come to realize and embrace that, like, mm-hmm. There, I think there was a fear at first and, and this idea of like, 
kind of running away from mental health and psychology because it's really heavy stuff. And I thought, you know, I'm such a sensitive and empathic person. Like there's no way I'm strong enough to handle that. Um, and since then it's like, Oh no, I'm definitely equipped to do this work. And not only that, it's the type of stress and it's the type of, um, it just has the weight and the significance that gets me excited. So it's, it's weird because sometimes people are like, so you're like obsessed with trauma and like, you know, and, and hardship and, um, dealing with really difficult, you know, loss and grief. And, and the answer is yes, because however you feel about it, you're going to face it at some point. Mm -hmm. So I'm either going to feel better equipped to handle those issues as they come up in my life and help other people and support them on their own journeys, or I'm going to keep running away from it. And I think on some level, I always knew that I was meant to help people and I needed to help people. And I was always doing that in some way, shape or form. It just didn't really fully make sense until the last year or so where I was like, yeah, you know, this is important. We need to talk about this. And I'm so grateful to hear that anything I'm doing, because I second guess myself all the time. Right. Like the content that I put out there, sometimes I'm like, did I even make sense? Does anybody even understand this? So it's just a huge affirmation to me to hear that, that any of it resonated with you and that some part of you was like, Oh, this is good. I can do something with this. Um, because I'd like it to be more than just a, Hey, let's, let's think positive today. You know, it goes deeper than that. And I think you kind of run into that a lot with the, with the mental health, you run into the the positive psychology side of things, which is very simple, snackable, Instagram friendly, and I love that. And, and those are all wonderful ways. They're all just new entryways into the mental health field and new ways for people to learn and grow. So I'm all for that. Um, and at the same time, I like to dive kind of deep. So I'm still working out like, okay, how do I make content that resonates with people that makes sense, but that isn't so intense or maybe cerebral or out there that people can't really grasp it. So I appreciate you tuning into those and, and liking them. Absolutely. And, and so a couple different questions and one you answered in that, in that follow-up is that you feel like this is truly your calling. I think, I think there are those times where and, and I got to go back to both of our similar paths in the sense that, you know, this seemed like it made sense when we were younger, but it wasn't the time, but it's something that always comes through. And I think it, it made me think, speaking of snackable content, there was a quote that I saw this morning that said, you never truly miss out on anything or you're never denied anything because what is happening in your path is meant to happen. So Absolutely. if you don't get that job or if that relationship doesn't work out or you're not, if something that you think is supposed to happen does not happen, mm-hmm. you're not truly missing out because your, your story is supposed to go that direction. Do you, I mean, and yeah, so I think the, the, the first question would be, do you think that that's truly your calling and that just wasn't the right time for you to get into it? Yeah. So one thing I like that you said about the universe kind of I think of it as the universe. Other people think of it as God. Other people think of it Mm -hmm. as just, you know, life and serendipity. And, um, I have grown to start thinking of rejection as protection and it's a catchy way to think of it and remember it. But I have had so many failures. (laughs) I've done so many things. (laughs) There are so many things that I have tried that have not worked out. And I'm just like, 
oh my God, like what is happening here? And so I've started to think of rejection as protection. And I do think that at the time it wasn't, it was kind of a, I was sort of rejecting myself for whatever reason, um, and my own true passion and my own calling when I was in undergrad, because I had a lot going on. I mean, at that age, I had a lot personally that I was sifting through and going through and it just absolutely, it wasn't the right time. I wasn't ready to fully embrace that side of me. I, um, I learned to become a people pleaser because, uh, that protected me in some way, you know, and I would be lying if I said that, that, that part of me hasn't also contributed to my success. Like it, it has helped me in a lot of ways to be able to get in the door in television and to get interviews and to do certain things. So I think there was a part of me that just was sort of like, you know what, I'm going to do what makes sense right now. I had opportunities in television. I was starting to work for um, a woman as a freelance shooter and editor already while I was in college. So it just, to me was like, this is sort of the path of least resistance. And I know that television is such a difficult industry to get into, but for whatever reason, these opportunities are being presented to me. So I'm going to take them. And so I think there was, there was some small part of me that was just not, not really ready to fully embrace that mental health and self-care and that just accepting myself for who I am and even just being like being a sensitive and empathic person. I used to see those as huge flaws. Um, and I've now learned, oh my goodness, this actually helps me do this work so much better than I would be able to, if I didn't have those qualities. And so for a while I was sort of denying that I was like, I don't want to be a sensitive person. I want to be strong. And I, you know, I want to go out and and the world is my oyster and I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to succeed. And I'm going to show everyone who had doubts about me because I, when I moved to the States, so first of all, I was born in Egypt. Um, we're going to really go back there, but I grew up in Egypt and Indonesia and a bunch of different parts of Southeast Asia. So when I moved to the States when I was 12, there was a lot of bullying and a lot of, wow, she's really weird and really different. Um, And so I had started to internalize a lot of those messages that I was stupid, that I was just off and that I didn't belong in some way. So, so part of me was just like, I'm going to be a people pleaser and I'm going to be strong and I'm going to do the things that I'm, I know I'm good at. And if I just do those things, it'll all work out. And thankfully it did mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, it, it took a lot of lessons and it took a lot of life for me to get back to where I am now, to where I am sort of realizing, oh, those qualities that I've had, that I've always had, as soon as I started embracing them, it's like life just got easier. And so I may not be, you know, making as much money, um, or I may not be this, like, I don't know if I had this idea of who I would be by this age. Um, I might not be that, but I'm a much better version of myself. And I'm so, I'm living so much more truly to who I actually am than going along and pleasing people and doing what I think should be done. Um, I've actually started to just do things that feel right. And there's a lot less resistance in my life now. And I think if, if the goal is, you know, to have some sense of inner peace, um, and to live a life that we feel is in alignment with who we are, I'm slowly getting closer to that version of myself, um, rather than trying to do it at a time that, that maybe wouldn't have happened or it wouldn't have played out in the same way. I think I could have tried and I think I maybe would have 
felt a little defeated or, or I might have just genuinely knowing where I was at mentally in my undergrad years, I think it would have been a really big challenge for me to learn some of this stuff and, um, carry it for other people because you, you are when, when you're in any sort of, you know, therapy setting, I now, I do hold a lot of people's pain, um, with them, not for them. I don't carry it with me. Um, but I, you are kind of essentially a container and a, a safe space for people to express their pain. And if you aren't very skilled and you haven't had enough experience or growth in your own life, and I mean personally and professionally, it can be very hard. I struggle, I, and I'm still very much learning how to do this. I've, I struggled with it this week, actually feeling like, oh my gosh, am I meant to do this? And I have those moments still. <laughs> but But the answer is yes. And I can tell by... The way that my life is showing up for me now with less resistance. I think that's been a huge, a huge piece, part of growth for me anyway. And do you find that, because I, 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 I resonate and I agree. And I also look at it from the outside of everything you just said, because I think one, I think we all go through that phase where we're not sure, even if we're in the, the throes of success or the, the trajectory is going up. It's like, am I the right person for this? You know, the imposter mm-hmm. syndrome issue that always okay. comes, you know, that creeps in all the time, especially I think when, when we get close to our passion. And again, I go back to what you said about the universe. I feel like the universe puts forth this resistance and it's mm-hmm. in the form of imposter syndrome. It's in the form of doubters and haters and attacks from the outside because when we get close to what we're meant to be and what we're created for, I feel like that is when that all the, the other side of the universe, the, the negative side is really trying to derail us because that side doesn't want to see the power of positivity come through. And so yeah. I feel like that in of itself, and I know that's very, it's very heavy for the day after Christmas. I, 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 I metaphysical over here. Right, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I and, and I may have to use that clip because all the hand gestures and the grandiose <laughs> scale of what I just explained. But I, you know, I think again, I think there's also that that pattern where I mean, you, you said it briefly, where you said, you know, I may not have been ready for that at the time, and I think if I if you would have gotten into that back then mm. and found either a heavier amount of resistance or a heavier amount of failure or self-doubt, then it could have possibly derailed that path holistically. Sure. Right. So, and I, and I, so I think that's, that's really key to understand and and accept that. And so I, I applaud, again, I applaud the full circle path that you've Mm. gone because I think, I feel like it's, it's prepared you for what you have now. And like you said, all the different things that have aligned have, have gone to support what you're trying to do. And I think that message is being carried through, obviously. Yeah. Um, Well, if you you think about it too, it's just sort of like that aspect of if I wouldn't have done any of those other things, like I didn't like, I don't, I still, I don't always enjoy speaking in front of people. Um, Mm -hmm. Even being on camera every day, sometimes I'm like, oh, am I even any good at this? But I think about it and I'm like, had I not gone down that path, I wouldn't have been able to convey this message with any sort of skill. I mean, I would, I was terrified. I still am very afraid of public speaking. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, but that's the thing is it, it takes a, a certain amount of grit and resilience that you have to develop from living some life. You know, I think right. if I would have tried to do that at 19, it would have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree day. wholeheartedly with that. <laughs> and, and, and two, I think there's also, and, and I feel like you've gotten to that point like I have where even if for a minute you convince yourself that my story is worth telling, in that somebody out there is going to resonate. Obviously, I have resonated with your stories. 
And so I feel like when people get to that point that they think, you know, I, I, most people that I talk to about these topics will say, well, nobody cares about my story. My story is not that important. Sure. And so it's that suffocation of self. Yeah. And so they don't, and it's, it, maybe it's a, a self-protection mechanism where yeah. they are trying to convince themselves that speaking up is not going to be worth anybody's time, including their own. And so it's really for those that are, that are getting out of their own way, whether they've become somebody that has a platform and shares and talks about it, or somebody that's just willing to converse about it. It's, it's understanding that your individual path and your individual story is completely different than anybody else's in that what your individual original unique story does, it just allows you to resonate an overall theme, i.e. well-being and self, you know, and mental health awareness in your own way. And I think I go back to the, to a quote I heard a long time ago saying that everybody knows something that you don't. Yeah. And so the way somebody tells a story, it could be the exact grand metaphysical, if you want to go metaphysical, but it's still that grand concept, but it's their own individual flavor on it. And so I feel like that's the one thing that I keep telling people is that everybody's has to tell their story. Everybody needs to tell their story because you never know who it's going to resonate with. Yeah. Do you you feel that that's the truth? Yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of things come up for me when I hear you talk about that. There's, so some of it I think is, um, people, people change when there is enough pain. So, so some of it can, can have to do with self-worth. It can be, you know, I don't feel worthy of sharing my story because who's going to care, you know? So some of it's self-worth, some of it's self-esteem, some of it's just, it's less painful to, to not be vulnerable. You know, if I share my story, I keep it in, then, then maybe that's, I'm, I'm keeping that part of me safe until it's not until the scales kind of tip and it becomes more painful to not speak your truth, mm-hmm. then people start to realize, oh, no, this is valuable. And some people, you know, may or may never get there. And maybe that's not their purpose and that's not their path. I think for me, there was, there has been enough, enough life has happened to me and I have betrayed myself enough and I have quieted myself enough to not share, um, who I truly am or, and I don't even mean who I truly am, but what some of my passions are, you know, being able to go that deep. And there weren't always appropriate times to do that. It wasn't until very, very recently that I was able to say that I'm, I'm in a position now where I can say, Hey, um, here's this thing I'm really passionate about. I had to pitch that idea for a segment to my producers on Kansas city live. And, um, luckily, um, everyone was very receptive to it. I literally said, Hey, what about this mental health minute? And every Monday there's just a brief challenge. There's something that I can share that I'm learning that I feel is important. And thankfully they were on board with it, but I only started hosting the show a year ago. So for me, I think there was a lot of, there was a lot of, I just need to to do my job and not rock the boat until it became more painful for me to not do that until, until I I got to a place where I was like, you know what, this is something that is really important to me. And whether television was going to be receptive of it or not, I can post things on social media. I can do whatever I can do to reach people in a way that has helped me. So why don't I do that? And 
it, but it took a long time. It took, it took me growing up a little bit and realizing that the people who have helped me, the people who have been mentors to me have gone through the exact same thing where they thought, I don't, who cares about my story? Why should I share anything? Why should I even do this work? I'm not good enough or strong enough or whatever enough to do this work. And when I started to see that, you know, some of my, just one of my best girlfriends who is a therapist and, and she went through all of this, all this imposter syndrome and all of this, um, pain in her life until she finally got to where she is now. Um, it took me hearing that to gain the strength for me to do it. And so now I know for somebody else out there, this could be the lifeline for them. It could, it could be my story. It could be my passion. It could be, um, my willingness to be somebody supportive through a difficult time for them. I had somebody message me the other day, just, um, thanking me for doing the work that I do in the community and, um, being an Asian American on TV. And I never in a million years was even like trying to be that. I know that representation is important. I know that growing up, I did not see Asian Americans on TV. Um, but there was no part of me that was like, okay, I'm going to go into this work to be an Asian American (laughs) on TV. And so for me, who knew, who knew that that small piece of, of just who I am as a person was going to make somebody feel good and make them feel hopeful. And, and you just, you, you honestly, you never know. And it might not even be your story. It just, it might just be your energy. It might be the skills that you're learning, you know, without even going into the super, deep depths of all of the things that have happened to me personally, just knowing that the, the things that have happened to me have led me to study what I study now. And if I can share some tidbit, sometimes I'll post a quote on, on Instagram and somebody will be like, Oh, I needed to hear this today. Right. And I'll just be like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, but it was exactly. important for someone, but yeah. it took, it took a long time. It took a long time for me to feel comfortable and to even get here. And I still, it's a daily process for me to feel like, okay, it's going to be more painful for me to not share this piece of me than it is for me to be truthful and to live my truth. And as soon as I've started to do that, like I said, there's, there's been less resistance and, and I feel like more people have come into my life who are just, um, kind of on the same wavelength and who value the same things. And that's really important to me. I mean, social support and connection is, is everything, you know, when we look at what makes a full life. And so just sort of a a bonus side effect of all of this and being true to myself has been attracting people who want to do the same thing, who want to improve conditions, who want to help others. And that's just been, um, it's just been a wild ride. It's been awesome. And and obviously, case in point, I mean, this everything that you said, both on social media, on TV, and now here is is completely just opening up all of these different thoughts. Because again, I think there are those people, I think there are, to me, there are two types of people that I've seen kind of going on the similar path of just voicing my thoughts and voicing my story and voicing, you know, the, the conversations that I have. Two people come out of the woodwork. One, people, you know, similar to us that are trying to do something better. And it's, we're all kind of it's it, it's this it's the this cohesion of a of a, a group of individuals that are trying to do the same thing, no matter the geography, because mm-hmm. obviously social media and digital mar, you know digital yeah. um, avenues have allowed us to really yeah. collab you know collaborate across mediums all over the place. But the other people that I see come through because I had the same when you mentioned that somebody reached out and said I needed to hear this. To me, it was one of those mornings, and I remember it was it was last week that I posted a quote 
And it was one of those, like, I kind of felt like I'm trying to be consistent in their days. I'm sure you probably go through the same thing. We're like, oh, you know, the last uh, thing I want to do is post something. I'm not feeling inspired today. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. And I, I grabbed a quote and I, I put it in Canva and I put my background on it and I put it up and I was like, okay, good. Check the box. Right. So even, you know, and I'm not going to say that I'm completely like Scrooge and callous about it, but it's like, okay, good. And it made me feel good that I put something out there. You know, I stayed consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And I had somebody reach out and said, thank you for saying this. Like, I really, Aww. I needed to hear this today. Aww. And I feel like that's the second bucket of people that really come through are the mm-hmm. people that maybe were on the cusp of needing to speak up and you've given them that permission. And I've said it several times in a couple of podcasts and a couple of videos online on, on Instagram as well as that. I always want to give people permission to be them. And, and another thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to tie too many things together because you got my mind rolling on a couple of different topics. <laughs> but the one thing that I always, I always tell people is that you need to be authentic. You need to be, you need to be, you feel like you need to be heard, even if you're talking to yourself. And that self-talk is so critical. Yeah. But it really is okay to speak up and say, hey, look, I'm struggling or I'm battling or I'm confused or, you know, I've got this mental log jam going on. And the minute it breaks free, I'm good. I just need somebody to help me sort it out. And so I feel like those, you know, between the, the, the co-positive speakers or the co-positive individuals, and then there are the people that are on that breakthrough line that, that yeah. really come through. Um, but the one thing that you said that, I, that I've hung on to and I wrote it down here is that element of self-betrayal. And I, I resonate with that so much because for so many different reasons, which is like a whole saga of podcasts, <laughs> there are so many instances where I feel like I can either go both ways on this story that I have denied myself something that I knew I wanted or that I knew I needed, but I was afraid of the result. I was afraid of the feedback. I was afraid of something that caused me to not do it. So there's the pain of allowing it to, to manifest and to take control of your decisions. Yeah. There's the flip side where there is this, this utopian elation that comes through and you say, you know what? No, the hell with that. This is what I need. And I'm not going to betray myself and I'm not going to deny myself what I need to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's pushing the rejection or the potential rejection aside because most of the time we, we conjure up what that rejection is going to be and it never truly happens. Oh, right. Because I, we I manifest all these things right. in our minds like, oh, I, I shouldn't yeah. do this because someone's over. I'm going to get this rain of hatred on me for putting out this. <laughs> and then I'm going to die and end up I'm going to be ostracized yeah. for this, you know, and yeah. so we don't do it. <laughs> but there, there are times where I can say, you know what? I paused on this and I, I almost didn't do it, but I said, you know what? I'm going to push through anyway and just see what happens. At minimum, I've given myself permission to be personally successful because I allowed myself to get out of my own way. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like we, I mean, cause I think that's the one thing too. I always look for those universally applicable lessons that I don't care if you're hiding off in the distance, listening to my podcast and you're so far away from that line of breakthrough but maybe this is that one thing that gets you to take an inch step forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's a universally applicable thing that we all go through on a pretty consistent basis, that self-betrayal you know, fork in the road? And, and well, how, do you, how do you think we get to the yeah. more to the positive side than the negative side? So I think there's a lot that goes into that, that starting with safety, first mm-hmm. and foremost, 
we all need safety. And I like to look at, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is the little triangle with your safety needs at the bottom and then so on food, shelter, and then self-actualization at the top. Mm -hmm. We all have those needs. And so the reasons I think why we betray ourselves early on has to do with safety, Mm -hmm. ultimately, um, in your family of origin. If, if it's not safe for you to speak up, you probably won't. And it's arguable that at that time in your life, that is probably, that might be the best decision. It might be the best decision because ultimately if your choices are very, very limited, you're a five-year-old and, and you just want to be you, or, you know, maybe something's happening in your, in your home that is unsafe and you can't speak up about it. Well, unfortunately you have very, very limited options when you're five, 10, 12 years old think the difference is, and, and that, and that's very deep rooted in trauma and we can go into trauma as well. Um, however, when you get older and you start to have more choices, um, and some, for some people, this never happens. Um, you know, working with and and learning about, especially women in abusive situations, there's a lot of self-betrayal that happens for a number of reasons Mm -hmm. because of, they could be pregnant with their abuser's child and need medical care. And there are a lot of reasons why we betray ourselves. And it feels, it, it's sort of like a double-edged sword. It's like by betraying yourself, you're also keeping yourself safe. So at that moment in time, you are still protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. It usually takes, as I said, there's a certain amount of pain or growth or something has to change before you decide it will be harder for me to stay here than it will for me to do what I need to do to get out of whatever this is. And so I think for a lot of people, it just, it just comes down to that. It's okay. How much longer do I stay in this place that is providing some sense of safety for me? And what are my options now? And as you get older and as you become an adult and you can start to take an inventory of your life and say, okay, I'm, I'm not a five-year-old anymore. I'm not a 12-year-old anymore. I can make decisions that are going to benefit me. And every time you make a small decision, I always say just to start really, really small because, mm-hmm. and especially with, with women, um, we have a lot of selfishness stuff like, Ooh, that's, that would be selfish. It would be selfish for me to take care of myself. I'm right. supposed to be a nurturer. I'm supposed to serve others. I'm supposed to be a mother. And we have all of these pressures put onto us in this conditioning and men have their own version of this too. I'm just speaking from my own experience. And so until we get to a point where we're like, okay, so I tried that that didn't make me happy or that actually created a lot of harm in my life. So at what point do you decide, okay, I'm not going to betray myself and say, you know, for some women it's, I thought I wanted to be a wife and a mother. And now I've done all these things and I've realized this isn't what I wanted at all. That is a very hard lesson to learn, but there will be a stage. There will be a point where you will decide, okay, so what are my choices now? And as soon as you have choice, Now you get to really decide and you get to embrace, okay, what's my next step? And sometimes it's the tiniest next step. It's just something as simple as saying, I'm going to get a babysitter while I go to the gym and take care of myself. Or it's something as simple as like, this sounds really dumb, but I used to use like, like, you know, I have like a mishmash of plates and forks and bowls and stuff in my kitchen. And if like when I was in a relationship, I would sometimes give my partner the nicer ones, just like the dumbest thing to think of now, right. because I'm like, oh, I want him to have the nice thing. 
not me. And every time I did that, it was sort of like placing more importance on some, like in a way it's really sweet. And that's really endearing that I was like, Oh, I want to make him happy. But there was a part of me that was like, no, Crystal, you use the nice fork, you (laughs) use the nice mug. And it sounds so silly, but every day when you choose that one tiny, it can be this minuscule thing that's just for you. You are taking your power back and you are deciding I'm not just going to do this thing that I've done forever. That has been safe. That has been a pattern for me or that people told me I should do. You're now doing something very, very small for yourself. And the more you do that, you're practicing it. And then you can go into bigger things like maybe I want to change my career. Maybe I want to get a job. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't have money and you don't have a job. And so you're stuck in this situation. Um, and as you start to put yourself first, it's like that betrayal starts to go away and you actually start to like yourself. And once you start liking yourself, you're going to start taking better care of yourself. And when you start taking better care of yourself, you start taking ownership of everything, the good and the bad, like the parts of you that you don't love. You get to start looking at those parts with compassion and, you know, Hey, thank you. Self-protecting part, um, for being there and protecting me in some way. Maybe it was a habit that you didn't like, like for me being a people pleaser, that's been a huge one. Um, but I can look at that and say, you know, thanks for being there. Thanks for getting me to where I needed to be. Thanks for getting me that job interview or getting me X, Y, and Z. Now I have different choices. I have a different perspective and there are going to be parts of my life where I still fall into that and I still feel the need to, and that protects me in some way. And there are other parts of my life where I get to now speak my truth and I get to own who I am and what I want to do. And when I start letting those parts of me out, the other people who are feeling that sort of like burning desire, they start to latch onto that. And like you said, it is, it's that permission piece. It's like, well, she's doing things in a very non-traditional way. Maybe I can too. Or maybe she, she doesn't have the things that I think I should want. You know, like when I turned 30, I had this huge, like, I'm not married and I have no kids moment. And people would ask me like, when are you going to get married? Where's your boyfriend? You know, I was totally single and just like nowhere near that. And I remember just thinking like, I mean, I'm pretty darn happy without any of that. So like, why would I force that? into my life right now. That doesn't make any sense. But I know a lot of women who would be really, really down on themselves um, for not having that accomplished. And so ultimately, I think it just, it just comes down to, you know, when you start to feel safe enough to choose yourself, how do you do that? What small ways can you do that? And before you know it, I think with time and some discipline and permission and some support, support from others, mm-hmm. you'll start to see it's not, it's not as scary as you thought it was going to be. This, this idea that like you can do something very differently. And instead of catastrophizing and going into the, oh my gosh, I'm going to be ostracized and I won't belong. I mean, that is so many of our, our greatest fears, right? Is, is that we won't belong, that we won't be able to connect. But when you start to do it in small ways and you realize, oh, not only did I survive that, that felt really good. Um, yeah you can kind of start to do that with your life. And I think that's a really amazing thing that it's sort of like, it's never too late. And I know I'm saying this as a 31 year old, um, but whenever I read stories of people who are like 75 and going back to college, I'm like, yeah, get it, grandma. <laughs> like, it's just so incredible to me that you can literally do anything, anytime and reinvent yourself 
whenever you want within reason, right? We're not, we're not talking about this. I always feel like I have to do a disclaimer. Some people don't have all the choices and all of the resources. And of course there is a space for that as well. Um, but any way that you can start to choose yourself, I think it slowly makes this huge difference in your life. And it's just, it's sort of like a wave effect for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. I, I, I love everything about what you just said. And there, there's so much to unpack. I think the one thing that I drew to the most in what you said is, is this, this mentality of working off of other people's timelines or other people's social impressions or, Oh, you know, to, to your point, like, Oh, you're 30 and and not married and don't have any kids. (laughs) Bless your heart. What's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, are you crazy? Yeah. What's wrong? Like what's going on? And so it's this, it's this social stigma and so, and, and, and so I think it's not only the social stigma, but it's also, you, you mentioned um, people that are close to us tend to say things and they, they may, may be a little, like little things here and there. Sure. Um, it may be the, 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 the family dynamic that you're brought up in. It could be relationships. It could be classmates, whatever, friends, whatever, whatever you may be. In the, the blog that you sent me earlier, one of the things that I drew to the most and I think hits home here is this mentality of grieving and letting go. And when I say grieve, I also say forgive and let go. And what what I will tie into that is a personal example of uh, a a relationship that I went through years and years and years ago that I was very demonstrably, like verbally abused to the point of internal destruction. Like I, when I left that relationship, I was a, I was the hottest mess walking period. (laughs) And, you know, and that's when I found therapy and that's when I found like the, you know, the value of therapy and and talking through those situations. And the one thing he said to me, and I'll never forget this as long as I live, because it was a pivotal turning point in my life in, in my recovery process. And then who I think I've become to this point is he said, I want you to take a picture of her, just like find a picture of her. Okay. And I want you to sit down and I want you to talk to that picture and say, I forgive you. I forgive you for what you've said to me. I forget. I forgive you for what you've done to me. And I'm letting you go because what you're doing is living out your experience, living out your thoughts that didn't match up with who I am. And instead of working with me or accepting me or moving away from me, you tried to change me and that was not your position to do so. Mm-hmm. And in that forgiveness, I found complete freedom wow. because I had been so conditioned to think, oh, what I'm doing is not good or worthy or, you know, who am I and what do mm-hmm. I believe in? I was literally at that point in my life. And I think so many of us on that deep of a scale or even, you know, bring it up a little bit higher to, to your point of, well, you know, am I a bad woman for not being married at 30? Am I, am I going to die mm-hmm. with my, my dozens and dozens of cats in this dusty, you know, <laughs> or dog. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Or dog, you know, yeah. this, this quilt laden, you know, laden apartment that just nobody wants, you know, nobody yeah. knows that I'm even alive in there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know what, I, that's, that's your thought and that's your timeline based off of your conditioning and your beliefs. And that's, totally fine by you. If, if you, this individual who's de- delivering that information is conditioned to think that if you're not married by 30, something's wrong with you. Great. More power to yeah. you. But yeah. I don't have to absorb your timeline or your beliefs because then it impacts me. Mm-hmm. And so it's that even if it's a, you know, and, and I'm from the South originally, so we, we tend to say, oh, bless your heart, which oh, is yeah. 
kind of the Southern way of saying F you, you know? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> so it's basically saying like, hey, look, you know, I, I, thanks, but no thanks. And just kind of I moving like on. That. I and, like but that. It's, but it's really saying, okay, great. That's your belief. And there, yeah. and again, like there are billions of people in this world. You're not going to impress everybody. You're not oh, going God, to no. make everybody agree with what you say or what you do. It's just well, not going to happen. Yeah. Right? yeah. So you're gonna, yeah. probably going to run into more people that don't agree mm-hmm. or will be more vocal about their disagreement. So those little mini forgivenesses yeah. go such a long way. And that, because and that, you were talking about small steps and working your way back up, those, yeah. those small bite-sized forgiveness exercises along the way, somebody pushed yeah. past you in Target to try to get something, I forgive you because you weren't taught manners. Like yeah. that kind yeah. of like legit. Right. Well, maybe I was in the way. Passive aggressive. <laughs> exactly. Right. Maybe it's the no. Minnesota nice is sinking in on me too much. <laughs> but it's really just saying, hey, look, I'm I don't I don't need to absorb your life and into mine. And I don't need to feel bad about mine because of your beliefs. And so that little bit of forgiveness along the way, be it recovering from a relationship, recovering from family trauma, recovering from a, a bad breakup, whatever that winds up being. Yeah. That forgiveness allows you to move forward the way you need to move forward. And I like that you, so, and I'm, I'm glad that that exercise worked for you. Um, I have not tried that one, although maybe I should. Um, <laughs> forget, and so some people get a little bit triggered by the word forgiveness because mm-hmm. there's this sense of, oh, well, that means what they did was okay. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily right. yeah. what, it, what it means. It has Correct. more to do with acceptance and separation. Mm-hmm. I really think separation is really, really powerful here because when you start to look at people as, well, you're just a totally separate being with your own thoughts and beliefs and experiences. And that actually has nothing to do with me. Like Mm -hmm. I used to take so many things personally and I still do this sometimes, but for me, it was, it was the figuring out that what you do has nothing to do with me Mm-hmm. And your beliefs, your opinions, that's exactly what they are. They are your beliefs and your opinions. And there is literally no right or wrong way to do anything. I know we believe that and we do get very bogged down in that. And I have all sorts of stuff that I'm like, no, no, this is the way. Okay. Like, oh, your opinion's cute, but no, this is the way we do this. <laughs> yeah, but no, actually, this is way more efficient. hundred <laughs> percent. Of course I have that. Um, but when it comes down, when, when it comes down to something that's, um, as valuable and as important as something like choosing a partner, you know, like when you, when you said that about just that you were in a verbally abusive relationship and that you came out of it a total wreck, like, Oh, that hit home for me because mm-hmm. that is so, your partner is one of the greatest indicators of your health for the rest of your life. Right. I mean, you cannot choose that haphazardly. And so, and that's not to be like, you know, well, why would you stay with someone like that? Cause I get that too, that shame of like, well, why did I stay with someone who treated me so poorly? You know, there are a lot of reasons. There are a lot of reasons to go into that. Um, but knowing now that it's just, that is just, that is a completely separate person. And however they choose to live their lives of whatever they choose for themselves might just be totally different than what you want. And with things that are that important and that are that valuable, you have to start choosing yourself. You right. have to take care of yourself and you have to protect yourself because if you don't, you're, you're living somebody else's life. And right. I don't know how many people come out of it, especially since I love having clients, especially since working with other people or just meeting people on the street. Like I'll, I'll just 
talk to people about their lives. Um, if you ever look at that, um, well, it's an Instagram account, but it's also the, the coffee, uh, coffee book table, humans of New York, oh, yeah. um, yep. photographer who takes pictures yep. of people. And then he kind of tells like their story underneath their portrait. And I mean, how many people do you see? You think they have the perfect life. They got married by, I guess, like Midwest standards would be like mid twenties, right? Like I was, <laughs> right, like eighteen and a half ish. <laughs> yeah, like, you haven't figured out who you are yet. Exactly. Oh my gosh! Like right, you exactly, you haven't sorted it out before you can drink legally. We got some talking to do, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like way to add some shame and pressure to my life. Um, but like, if you let's say you haven't done things on that timeline, well, let's look at the, some of the people who have. Okay, for example, and I have friends, I know people personally who have. I've done all the things by, by 27, they were married by 28. They were having their first child by 29, 30. They were having their second child and yada, yada, yada. And some of these people, you'll see them 20 years from now, or they're already starting to question all of these choices and starting to realize like, wow, I did, I did not know what I signed up for. And it's because they've betrayed themselves in these really, really big decisions like marriage you know, giving up a career in some cases to raise children, um, or having children at all. I mean, that's a big Mm -hmm. one. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people think like, well, if you're a woman, you should want to have children. And if you don't, there's something horribly wrong with you. Um, actually there are a lot of people who will never have children and they're going to do some really amazing things with their lives. Look at Oprah. You know, I always think of her, she's not married and she has no kids. Um, but if you're, if you're making those decisions based on somebody else's belief, and, and they're pushing their belief on you. I under, I get why it's so hard, especially when you've invested in someone or a way of thinking, mm-hmm. but you always have another opportunity to change that. And once you've decided to, whether it's forgiving the other person or you've decided to forgive yourself for doing those things, you start to realize, oh, there was always another way. I just didn't have, I hadn't let go of enough stuff mm-hmm. to start seeing the new perspective. Because we all have this idea that like we can just start doing things um, without giving up the old way of thinking or giving up the old pattern. But that's just like going like this is like my one of my problems is um, like so for TV, I have to have lots of different outfits. Right. And I always feel the need to be wearing something new. I've this is not a thing. I've worn the same dress at least 85 times this year. Um but I'll start to buy new stuff without getting rid of the old stuff. And my closet's a disaster. It's a mess. I can't find anything. And the, the brutal irony is I can't find the new stuff that I bought. And, you know, like once a year, I'll do this like purge where I'll get rid of everything. And I'll right. find the new dress that I bought that still has tags on it. And it hasn't been worn once because it was like tucked away somewhere behind all my crap <laughs> all <this old laughs> stuff that's still in the way. And so we, we do this. And, and especially as we go into like the new year and we think of, I want to make, create all these changes in my life and take on these new habits. You can't do that until you have actually grieved and started to purge and let go of the old stuff. Right. And that's really hard. That's really hard on any level, even physical clutter, right? Like hoarding is a psychological thing. There's usually a psychological component to physically hoarding things. Um, and just emotional baggage, um, toxic relationships. 
if you're going to start approaching your life with new energy and a new perspective, you, you have to let go of that other stuff. And that does. And what, however way that you do that, whether it's a forgiveness exercise, whether it's just an acceptance, whether it's really strong boundaries and saying like, I just want nothing to do with this thing or this person or whatever that has caused this amount of pain in my life. And however you need to do that to let go and to start to move forward, that piece has to happen first. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're just going to keep buying more stuff and trying new things. And you're probably going to find yourself back at square one at some point because you haven't done the purging and the grieving and the hard work necessary to get you to that next step, which is where you are actually moving forward and onward. And that's my, my favorite Toni Morrison quote is if you want to fly, you got to let go of all the shit that weighs you down. And we don't do that. We just think like, Oh no, I'm just going to carry it with me. Like, this is going to be cool. I'm going to flap my wings like crazy. I'm strong enough. I can carry it all. Right. <laughs> right. No. It's like, no, no practice boundaries, practice purging, letting go forgiveness. However you need to do that. It's such, such an important part of any, any process, whether it's a healing process or just forming new habits. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So real quick, you know, as we talk a lot about how we've been helping other people and how we've been, you know, these magnets of positivity, there's also that big self-care piece. And you've touched on it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm a true believer that um, you have to really invest in yourself and take time for yourself and refill your cup. You know, the, the, the yeah. quote that goes around that says you can't, you can't refill from an empty cup. You, know, yeah. you just can't yeah. do that. Yeah. And so when it comes to your own personal activities, like what do you do? for self-care, stress management, mood lifting. I know you you put together this amazing playlist of music for me <laughs> that we're combining. Um, I actually already named it the crystal ball of happiness. Yes! Um, so there's that. there's that. Um, yeah. So outside of music, well, you, I'll, I'll kind of steal your answer of music, but what are, the, what are the things that you do for yourself that's, you know, this is what, these are my go-tos when I need that fulfillment or that refillment. Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, music, obviously, love the name of that playlist, by the way. Music <laughs> is great because it shifts your energy. And you know this as a former yeah. DJ, yeah. like it can shift things really fast. And I think that's an important part of self-care is, is shifting. Mm -hmm. um, but not just to ignore something. So, and I'm, I'm really good at this and it can be, it can be a good thing and a bad thing. Compartmentalizing. You have to be mm. really, really careful with compartmentalizing because sometimes that will come back and bite you in the ass later if you've Agreed. just been ignoring and numbing something. So for me, um, I have actually done, I have really grown fond of a lot of mindfulness exercises. So I used to do yoga currently with my schedule of the morning show and working full time and then going to my internship in the evenings and doing classes and homework on the weekends yoga is not a part of my life and that has been something that i've had to like really let go of um and forgive mm -hmm. myself for not doing i haven't done yoga in probably close to a year but you probably come home at night and get into child's pose involuntarily right, yeah right, <laughs> right yeah kind of yeah more like the fetal position like, exactly. like please world stop help me get through this next just day just i call this the duck and yeah. cover i call it the oh duck my duck and cover seriously <laughs> i have days where that is absolutely the case um yoga has been a huge huge uh, self-care activity for me, even though I'm not currently doing it. And this is another piece of that forgiveness and that self-compassion. It's okay. If you fall off the wagon, if you sometimes don't go to the gym or you don't do the self-care thing, the way that you should do, mm. or that you've judged that you should do, it's totally okay. Um, but find something else. So for me lately, what's been helping me a lot is five minutes of meditation every morning. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's five minutes. So it's kind of hard for me to be like, no, Crystal, you don't have time. Um, worst case scenarios, I've done visualization exercises at my desk. If I'm fully like, oh, I didn't get to that this morning and I know I need to recenter. Um, and all that does for me is it really just connects me back with myself. Uh, there's a really useful acronym um, that I picked up from, I think his name is Jason Gaddis. He is a therapist on, on the internet somewhere. Um, and he's this great guy who I followed a lot of his teachings. And he came up with this acronym called NEST. And it's a uh, number on a scale of one to 10. How stressed out are you? Are you one, super chill? Are you 10, really, really stressed and anxious? So number E is for emotion. So what emotions are you feeling? I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling um, worried. And then S is sensations. So what physical sensations are going on in your body? You know, my neck is tight. My shoulders are tight. I get a lot of tension in like my forehead when I'm stressed. And then the T is for thoughts. So what thoughts are going through your head? Oh, I'm, I'm worried about this exam that I need to study for, or I'm worried I won't meet this deadline for a paper or something needs to be done for the show that I totally forgot. Um, so the nest meditation is a really useful one if you're not into like the woo woo visualization stuff. Um, so I'll do that from time to time if I'm feeling just like really overwhelmed. Um, and then besides that, I do the visualization stuff, which is for me very helpful in therapy. We call it finding a resource. Um, so whatever your resource is, it can be, you know, I'll ask people like, when was a time that you felt really, really happy? When was a time that you felt really safe? Um, and for some people, they identify that as a pet or a place or a moment in time, a birthday, a grandma's kitchen, whatever that comforting thought or thing symbol is, um, just meditating on that for five minutes. And so for me, I always think of my dog who rest in peace. She's an angel now, but she, she passed in May and she has been a huge part of my healing journey in some crazy way. Um, but I remember going to Colorado with her and we sat under a tree this one afternoon and I read a book and I just hung out with her and I go back to that place sometimes daily because something about that place was really, really comforting for me in that time and her being with me. So, so I, I tap into my resource and that helps me feel more grounded and more resourced. So for me, that's all I have time for right now is five minutes a day. And I've had to forgive myself a lot for not doing more than that, because not going to lie, like I don't meal prep anymore. I used to do that. I used to go to the gym. I used to do all these magical, wonderful things that were so good for me. <laughs> um, and yet here I am, I'm still surviving. It's temporary. I know that when I am done with school and I have a little bit more breathing room in my schedule, um, things will shift and I'll go back to being able to do that. Uh, but for right now it's five minutes meditation, visualization, doing that nest activity. Um, and also making time for friends. That's been a big thing. Family and friends, uh, you cannot get through life without social support. So even when I'm really resistant to like, no, I do not have time to go get lunch with a friend and I do not have time to go see a movie with a friend. I will make myself do those things when I can, because it really does make you a little bit more rested and better able to be productive later. So social support and, and all of those little mini daily activities and self-care really is, like I said, it's just choosing you. That's all it is. So I'm going to choose to, you know, use a, a cup of coffee that I really, really like. Um, my girlfriend got me this massive <laughs> cup that's from, and it has, um, like the friends logo on it. Cause friends is oh, my yeah. yep. So like 
drinking coffee and watching friends. That is like the tiniest act of self-care that I can do for myself. It's a 22 minute episode and guess what? I feel better. Um, So whatever that ritual is for you, a daily ritual, a weekly ritual, being outside, going for a walk. um, I try to find ways to incorporate it. And when I get too far from it, I can tell because my body starts to go a little wonky and I don't sleep as well. And so it, it does require a certain amount of discipline. Sure. Well, as, as depleted as you may feel and as time crunch as you may feel, you're doing a phenomenal job taking care of yourself and doing what you need to do. Because obviously, like I said at the very beginning, what you've been doing on the show, what you've been doing in your social media has, has made an impact. And I, I have no doubt in my mind there are hundreds, if not thousands of others that are seeing the same thing, that are feeling the same thing. I just happen to be the loud mouth that, loud, that spoke up and said, hey, I want to talk more about this you're awesome. So that's your purpose. purpose. (laughs) I like that. And and so I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing. I believe in what you're doing. I know a lot of other people do as well. They have to, like, there's no way what you're putting out there is not admired and appreciated by those. And it's probably a lot of those people who are are starting their journey and haven't had the chance to speak up or haven't had the, the, the bravery to speak up when it should be done and it will be done. But I think I speak on behalf of a lot of people by saying thank you for being you, for doing what you're doing, for taking that phone call. (laughs) (laughs) What? Whoops, yeah. It would have been too easy to have this go as perfectly as it did without some sort of a technical staff. No, because that is the world we live in. It happens to the best of us, right? (laughs) Um, But again, like I, I can't express my gratitude enough for what you're doing. Please keep doing what you're doing because it's awesome. It's it's powerful. It's resonating, and it's making a difference. So thank, thank you. you. Um, so can you tell people where they can find? Because I know that you, you guys do. You guys stream online. Stream the show online. We do. So you can okay. go to kclive.tv and okay. uh, that will take you to the Kansas City Live website where you can watch the show live every day at 10 a.m. Of course, you can catch us on 41 Action News. You can follow me on social media, Crystal Lampet, and it's spelled differently, C-R-Y-S-T-L-E-L-A-M-P-I-T-T. Um, so I post a lot of stuff on Instagram. You can follow Casey Live TV on Instagram. I post on Facebook. I mean, I try to be as all over it as possible. So any, yeah, any way that you can follow and support, it is greatly appreciated because it does. I do. I have the imposter syndrome sometimes. So I need, I, I appreciate when people are like, Hey, that thing really resonated with me. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> well, and, and I know that a lot of my listeners are all over the country and around the world as well. So I encourage them to, to stream your segment live because it's phenomenal content. Even if they could just catch a segment online, oh, yeah. um, I'll put all your social media handles in okay. the show notes so people can find you and support you. Uh, but again, I can't stress enough how important it is to connect, follow, pay attention to what Crystal is saying, because her power and her message is completely the most tangible thing I've heard in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's made a difference in my life. And I'm somebody who, who oozes, I'm, I'm more Hallmark than Hallmark is at times. Um, <laughs> but I am so impressed by you, impressed by your message and thankful for what you're doing. Thank you. I really appreciate you giving me another opportunity to share it too. I, yeah. you know, this is my first time doing a podcast. So yes, yes you I did. Have- Phenomenal. You rocked your first podcast. (laughs) So I'll put all your, all your links in the show notes and I'm going to put a link to our phenomenal playlist in the, in the show notes, the crystal ball of happiness. 
Um, you've got to go check that out. Some of the best tunes. Like I thought I had good taste in music. Crystal got me beat. <laughs> so please go check that out as well. But yeah. again, Crystal, thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing your message, both with me, with my audience, but then with your audience as well. Because again, like we've talked about before, you can't talk about this enough. You can't share this enough. You can't empower people enough because every time you, you speak up, you could be changing somebody's life. Yeah, I would love to encourage everybody to do that too. When you're when you're comfortable, it takes time and it takes a lot of growth. Um, and share share what you feel safe sharing. But uh, yeah, that's it's been a really freeing experience for me. So I appreciate you having me on the show. Anytime, and please, I would love to have you back. We we can, okay. we can do some updated playlists. We can do some updated chats about <laughs> things. I would love to yeah. love to do this again. So yeah, um, again, thank you for for joining us today, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. For more information and resources, visit richbracken.com.